0: Hi there, Coach Alex here from A-Team Fitness. Thanks for listening, as I share incredible transformation stories directly from the source themselves, the individuals doing the work and seeing the results. We'll take a behind the curtain peek at the mental and physical changes that make for amazing transformations. I'm glad you're here, and after the episode, I hope you feel empowered to begin making some transformative changes of your own. Let's dive in. Today, we're talking about what happens when that goes wrong. Now, we're just adding to our toolkit an additional resource. And this is when things go wrong in our life, which is guaranteed to happen, by the way. Seldom are we ever going to go through a period of time where everything goes exactly the way we expect. Things are always going to go wrong. And so the question is, how do we react when things go wrong? In a way that allows us to have a more positive mindset, more positive perspective to then have better outcomes instead of letting it get the best of us. So building your toolkit further with this five step problem solving framework is what we're doing today. So some of us may have heard this quote. I had to add it in here. Everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Okay, that was a Mike Tyson boxing quote. And that's what he said. Every fighter that would go into the ring to box would always have a game plan, especially against him, right? He was known for the, the one punch knockouts for his fights lasting not even 20 seconds because he had so much power. And so everyone that steps into a boxing ring has a plan of how they're going to defeat their opponent. And ultimately, the first time they get punched in the face, their emotions take over, they become reactive, and that plan goes out the window. Suddenly, there is no plan anymore. Now it's just fighting for their life or to avoid getting punched in the face again. And it's really the reason I chose this quote is because it really resembles the the larger view that we're approaching with this or what we ultimately want to achieve from this, which is when things go wrong, our first reaction is to become emotional. And as we talked about in the negative thinking checklist week in week two, when we're operating from our emotional brain, we don't make good decisions because we can either be emotional or we can be rational. And we make better decisions when we're rational, but when things are not going well, we tend to lean into our emotional brain. So we make poor choices when we're emotional. So this framework is going to help us create that emotional distance, just like we did with our Socratic questions in week two, so that we can better approach these problems. Okay, so a couple of things. We're going to learn how we can understand how problems lead to this negative thinking. Quick note about this. I, I think it's important for us to to identify or define rather, when we talk about a problem, what we actually mean. Because I think a lot of us confuse what are problems and what aren't problems. And I have a very simple definition for what a problem is. And in in my world, a problem is something that if you do nothing to resolve it, if you take no intervention or take no action, it the situation will get worse. Okay. So problems that go away on their own without our intervention are not really problems. Okay, here's a good example of this. Say you're worried about, I, I used a public speaking example in the, one of the prior calls, so I'll use that again. It's, imagine you have to give a public speaking presentation at work, in your community, whatever. And again, I use public speaking because it's consistently ranked as the scariest thing for people even above death. Like that's how much people fear speaking in public. So I think it's a great example for this. But say you have to give a, a, a speech. And you are so worried that you're going to embarrass yourself, okay? Like you are palm sweaty, you're sick to your stomach. Even before you step on stage in front of the group, you can't even see the crowd yet. Just the thought of it is making you physically ill because of how afraid you are. A lot of us would consider that that's a problem because now we are making ourselves physically ill because of this of the fear of embarrassing ourselves in front of this group of people now let's play that scenario out you're public speaking you go out you give your speech let's say you do phenomenal you crush it standing ovation everyone loves what you did suddenly the fear of embarrassing yourself goes away even though you did nothing different except the thing you were already going to do anyways okay so you gave your best performance you could problem went away didn't didn't have to worry about embarrassing yourself anymore Okay, so in that moment, that fear of embarrassing yourself, that problem was not actually a problem. Okay, let's same example, public speaking, you're worried about embarrassing yourself, that's your problem. Your problem is you're worried about messing up this, fumbling this public speaking engagement. And let's say that's exactly what happens. You fumble it, it doesn't go the way you expect. Let's say you embarrass yourself in front of a big group of people. Three weeks down the road, you do nothing different chances are good the embarrassment is gone anyways, right? It doesn't really matter anymore. People have forgotten about it. You're probably the only one that remembers it, right? So with no intervention, even if we embarrass ourselves, that problem goes away. So when I say problems that require no intervention and resolve themselves are not actually problems. The problems we're talking about are ones that arise where we actually have to intervene or else they get worse. Here's a good example. Say you want to lose weight. Okay. You feel like you're doing everything correctly. You're tracking your food. You're doing your workouts diligently. You're doing everything on paper that says we should be losing weight that we're aware of and we hop on the scale and we're seeing no progress. Okay, we chalk it up one week to a fluke. These things aren't linear. Okay, we'll we'll benefit of the doubt, we'll keep rocking. Another week goes by, no changes. Now, what? and this is a common thing I see in a lot of people, they will then, because they're assumed they're doing everything correctly, will just double down on that and change nothing when in reality, there is something going on, whether we're aware of it or not, that is preventing the changes that we wanna see. And so in that moment, if we did nothing, if we kept doing what we were doing, chances are good the problem would get worse. We'd keep going another week with no progress. Another week with no progress. And that would lead to growing frustrations. That would lead to us potentially giving up or slipping on the behaviors that at least kept our weight stable. And now we're starting to gain weight, okay? So in that moment, not seeing progress, even though we feel like we're doing everything right, if we change nothing, the problem gets worse. Okay, okay. Another really good, just general example of this, bullies. We all hate bullies, they're no fun, right? The common thing is bullies will continue to bully until there's intervention or until they grow up and mature, but that's neither here nor there, right? Until there's intervention, bullies continue to bully. So that's a problem that only gets worse until there's an intervention of some kind to stop the bullying. That's a problem that requires intervention. Okay? So when we're trying to conceptualize this five-step problem-solving framework of how we're going to apply this, it's important to think about what problems we're applying it to. And so the problems we're applying it to are ones that require an action or else the problem gets worse. Now, when we think about a problem that way, it's important to recognize that the sooner we intervene to solve the problem, the easier it's gonna be. Because again, a problem when we do nothing only gets worse. That means the longer we take to actually try to solve it, the worse off we're gonna have to fix things. Or the worse off we're gonna be, the harder we're gonna have to try to fix things, okay? So there's a a phrase that I like when it comes to making a tough decision, in this case, solving a problem, which is when we're faced with a tough choice, a problem we know we need to solve, but we're kind of avoiding it because it's uncomfortable because we don't really quite know what the correct answer is or what the solution is. Most of the time we tell ourselves we just need time to figure things out. Right. We need time to make a decision. We need time to come up with an answer. Sometimes that's true, but often is we don't need time in so much as we need the correct information to be well-informed to then make a decision. Does that make sense? We only need enough time to gather the information that allows us to make a good decision. Once we have all the information we need to make a good decision, time ceases to be a factor into how good we're going to be at solving that problem. So when we understand this, then it behooves us that as soon as we recognize there's a problem that will only get worse unless we fix it, the sooner we start figuring out a good solution and the sooner we act, the better off we're gonna be. And so the rest of this is gonna be understanding the five-step problem-solving framework is gonna help us gain clarity when we're faced with a problem to A, figure out what's the problem we're actually trying to solve. And it's gonna help us organize our thinking so that we can come up with proper solutions to solve them as quickly as possible. And there is no better way to get back into a positive state of mind than quickly solving our problems, right? So that's what we're gonna be doing today. So what is the problem solving framework? These are the five steps that we're gonna be going through when we're faced with a problem. Step one is noticing your emotional reaction. Okay? may look familiar because this is exactly what we talked about with the negative thinking checklist, the Socratic questions, those five questions in week two that allowed us to evaluate our negative thoughts. We can use those questions in this step, right? And remember some of those questions were, what is the evidence you have that the thought you're having is true, okay? If you are wrong, what's a different way to look at the situation? If you're right, what could you do about the situation? If your friend was in the exact same situation, what advice would you give them? And lastly, what should you do now to take action? Those are the five Socratic questions that allow us to evaluate our negative thinking. We can apply those here to notice our emotional reaction. Because again, oftentimes when we're faced with a problem, the first thing that happens is we get emotional. And when we get emotional, we make bad decisions and we can't think clearly. And all of this is about gaining clarity, okay? And so at the end of this, we're gonna apply this to a real world example related to nutrition, something that we've probably have all faced in the past. Um, So we'll be able to put this into context. But step one is we're gonna notice our reaction. Step two is to clearly define what's the problem we're actually solving. Okay, because oftentimes we try to jump to conclusions about what needs to be fixed. And that might not actually be the problem that we're trying to solve. Okay, here's an example. We'll take it back to the weight loss example. You feel like you're doing everything right. You're not seeing the progress on the scale. Okay, a lot of times when that happens, people will tell themselves, okay, that means I need to exercise more. If I'm eating correctly and I'm not losing weight, it means I need to move my body more. I need to do even more exercise. Even if I was already working out three, four times a week, I need to do more. I need to do five days a week. I need to do six days a week. I need to do every day of the week if I'm going to see progress. When the problem in that case might be that they're really stressed from their job, they're coming home from work, and they're stress eating, And they're not paying attention to the portion sizes. They're just mindlessly snacking in front of the TV to cope with those emotions. And now maybe they're eating hundreds of calories more than they realize. And that's preventing them from seeing progress. Right? And counterintuitively, in that example, if you're already stressed, the solution is not to exercise more because exercise is a stressor. And if you're already overwhelmed emotionally, mentally, overwhelming yourself with physical stress only compounds the problem. So, in that case, we may be trying to solve our weight loss problem by exercising more when the real problem that we need to solve is the stress problem. Does that make sense? So, this is how we, this is why it's important to clearly define the problem that we're trying to solve. Step three is to brainstorm solutions. A lot of this is going to sound very basic and very straightforward because it is. And again, none of this is complicated steps. It's just recognizing and reminding yourself what they are because we have to pull ourselves out of our emotions. That's why step one is to notice your reaction. So you can feel, put down, write down, notice what emotions you're feeling, and then set them aside to go through the simple steps. So step three is brainstorm solutions. Once you know what the actual problem is you need to solve is, now you can start to brainstorm. Okay, how am I going to resolve this issue? Okay, now... And step two, chances are, weight loss example, there might be a number of things that could be the problem, okay? It could be stress eating. It could be a logging inaccuracy. Maybe we're entering something in our food log that doesn't correctly reflect the calories that are contained in that thing. And so it looks on paper like everything is right, but maybe it's actually higher calorie than we realize or we're choosing a faulty option or whatever the case is, right? So there could be multiple potential problems, and that's why we have to clearly define what those are, and then there's a little bit of trial and error. So we have to pick whatever, given the context, what's the most likely problem happening? Stress eating. Then we brainstorm the solutions to solve for stress eating, to resolve that. Once we figure out a list of solutions, then we have to be honest with ourselves of, okay, which of these are? am I most likely to implement? Which of these are most realistic to incorporate into my life? Right. Brainstorm solutions for stress eating. Okay, work is making you stressed. You're mindlessly snacking. Let's come up with a couple of uh, potential solutions. We could make sure there's no snack foods in the house so we have nothing to munch on when we get home. That's an option, right? We could fill the house with healthier snacks. So if we do mindlessly snack, it's gonna be something a little better. That's a solution that would solve our stress, our stress eating problem. We could try to eliminate the stress to begin with so we could quit our job. That would get rid of the stress, right? Some of those are more realistic than other ones, right? As much as we may wanna quit our job, we know that's not a realistic option. So we have to figure out what's most realistic, what could we most confidently implement to try to resolve this problem given the context of the situation, okay? Once we have our list of solutions, we can reduce it down to the one that's most realistic. And then step four, is making a plan and actually taking action. We decide we're gonna swap our chips for carrots. That's gonna be our snack, okay? So we're gonna go home, we're gonna get rid of all the chips in the house, out of the pantry, out of the cupboards, we're throwing them away, we're giving them away, whatever we gotta do. Next grocery run, we're buying all the baby carrots, Costco size, we're keeping them in the house, okay? And so now anytime we come home and we feel compelled to snack, our go-to are going to be carrots. Hey, we got carrots in the house. We're going to turn to that as our snack, okay? And we're going to try that for a week. That's our plan of action is instead of chips when we get home, when we're feeling stressed, we're going to eat carrots instead. Now, the last step after we've done that for a period of time, could be a week, could be two weeks, is we need to evaluate the results. Is it working? Okay, so we're not losing weight, but we feel like we're doing everything right. We identify there might be some stress eating in the afternoons. So we swap out the problematic food for something healthier, something lower calorie, something we think is gonna help us. We do that for another week or two. Then we see, okay, are we starting to see progress again? If the answer is yes, problem solved. You did it, it worked, okay? if the problem's not solved, if you're still not seeing progress, this is why it's important to evaluate if it's working because if we're still not seeing progress, guess what we have to do? We have to restart all the way back at step one. And I say it that way, but that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. This is a good thing because we can indefinitely go through this loop, through this five steps until our problems are solved, right? So we swap out the chips for the carrot sticks. We try that for two weeks. We still see no progress on the scale after those two weeks. We evaluate our results. That was not the thing we needed. We go back. We, now we have to notice our reaction to the current state of things. We tried something new, it didn't work. How did that make us feel? Are we frustrated? Are we discouraged, right? We have to acknowledge those emotions and process them so we can set them aside. Now let's clearly define the problem again. Is our problem really the stress eating? Okay, let's say that it is in this case. Let's say that is still the problem we need to solve. The carrot sticks were just not the solution. What are other solutions we can do? Okay, maybe we need to get rid of all of the snacks in the house. Maybe we need nothing in the house that doesn't require preparation because we also know we're lazy. And if it requires work, we're probably not going to do it. Right. So maybe we do that. Maybe we get rid of all the snacks and everything in our house requires cooking. So now there's time in between. We're stressed, we want to eat, but now we have to take 20 minutes to cook something. Suddenly we feel less compelled to do that. So we make a new plan. We're getting rid of all of the snacks in the house. We're filling it with things that require preparation. And we're going to try that for a week or two. Now we're still not seeing results. Hypothetically. Right? Now guess what we got to do? We got to go all the way back to step one. Are we feeling even more discouraged now? And it's okay to feel those negative emotions, but we've got to process them. go through our socratic questions. How can we shift it? Now, what's the new problem? Okay, it wasn't the stress eating. It was something else. It was a logging error. Maybe it was a simple logging error. We just need to be a little bit more diligent with that. We get really accurate. We buy a food scale. We start measuring our portions. We go above and beyond to really make sure we're choosing the right options from the MyFitnessPal database. Okay, that's our brainstorm solution. That's what we're going to do. So we try that for a week. That's our plan of action for step four. Now we're looking at it. We're seeing the results, the scale's moving. So does that make sense? That's essentially our five-step problem-solving framework. We have to first notice our reaction. What are the emotions that we're feeling? How can we recognize how we're feeling, whether we're using our Socratic questions or not? And then, setting those emotions aside, to go to step two, clearly defining what our problem is. Remember, a problem is something that will only get worse unless you intervene. So now we have to figure out what's the most likely problem that we actually need to solve because there could be a few possibilities at play. Of our list of potential problems that we've defined, which one's the most likely? And then we need to brainstorm solutions for that specific problem. And then we chose which one we wanted to do. We made our plan and we took action. And then after the event occurred, we evaluate, did it work? Did our problem get solved or did it get improved? Or do we need to repeat this process from step one to solve a different problem, to choose a different solution? or to implement it better so that we get better outcomes. We can apply this framework to any problem we face in our life, health-related, fitness-related, relationship-related, work-related, literally anything. This is how we'll solve our problems quicker, faster, with less headache, and with better success. Thanks for tuning in. If you feel inspired by this story, please share it with a friend. If you'd like to book a free discovery call to talk with an A-Team coach, head to the episode description or visit us at a A-teamfit.com. That's A-T-E-A-M-F-I-T dot com. We'll see you again soon.